Are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors, just like you, about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. Hello, and welcome to the Flexible Advisor Podcast. I'm David Partain, and I'm joined with my co-host, Laura Gregg. Hello, Laura. Hello, David. I'm really excited about today's uh, podcast. Me too. And on the Flexible Advisor, we seek to invite guests that will provide unique insights and actionable ideas for advisors that want to fine-tune or grow their businesses while deepening client relationships. Okay, Laura, so since early 2020, many of us were forced to work remotely for an extended period of time. And we have learned a lot through the experience, not to mention not having to get on the train day and night. And I know you and I talked about this. It confirmed for you and I in no uncertain terms what we already knew because we were practicing it, that working from home does indeed count as work and is work. But it did open the eyes of many others who hadn't previously believed that their teams could be effective remotely. So as vaccinations ramp up and offices are opening, many firms are facing a dilemma. Bring the entire staff into the office again, create a hybrid team of remote and in-office workers, or go fully virtual. Yes, you know, we've been wondering out loud on this podcast about what the post-pandemic workforce will look like. And I got a small view into that a few months back when I was scrolling through my LinkedIn feed and I saw an advertisement from Vestia Personal Wealth Advisors and they were seeking to hire an executive assistant. And in the ad, it touted flexible hours, flexible work location, and said it would be a great fit for a caregiver of school-aged children. Work when they're at school, be home when they're home. And, you know, this really, it stopped me cold, quite frankly. I don't ever recall seeing something from our industry that was so incredibly inviting to caregivers. And so today is the fourth in a series of conversations about FlexShare's third research study on advisor wellness. And in this episode and the others, we talk with thought leaders and dive into the research findings. And, you know, our goal with each of these conversations is to leave you, our listeners, with actionable ideas to help you focus on your own wellness so that you can better serve your clients and your employees. And, you know, today we'll be sharing insights as to why this research is important as we try to bring more professionals into the advisory business. And as we look to bring new people in the industry, I asked my friend Lauren Oshman to join us to discuss what the future workforce of her firm looks like and whether what Vestia is doing could be a common model for more advisory firms. Lauren is partner, chief experience officer, and a producing advisor at Vestia Personal Wealth Advisors, which is a registered investment advisor with about 550 million in AUM and primary offices in Nashville, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Fort Wayne, Indiana, and other offices throughout the country. 
Lauren started her career as a financial advisor in 2010 and works with many types of specialty physicians, but her niche expertise is working with high caliber female surgeons. And, you know, she is a strong advocate for equal pay for these women compared to their male counterparts and is passionate about empowering them to spend their time purposefully rather than tethered to their financial responsibilities. As an accomplished financial advisor, executive, and mother, Lauren is juggling work and home responsibilities right alongside of so many of her clients and the rest of us. She volunteers as a CFP WIN, Women's Initiative Advocate, to raise awareness about the profession for young women, which is so needed, Lauren. And she was rec recently recognized as one of 40 under 40 by the Nashville Business Journal. She is a friend of the podcast and joined us last spring to talk about how she was helping her physician clients as they were on the front lines fighting COVID-19 or sidelined as surgeons who couldn't perform elective surgeries in those early months of the pandemic. Lauren is also a trusted partner of mine and lets me vet many of my crazy practice management ideas with her first to make sure the content is truly additive and not just additive in my own mind. So Lauren, <laughs> thank you so much for joining the Flexible Advisor podcast. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be back. We are so happy to have you back. So, you know, in our, our recent advisor wellness study, Flexures found that in 2020, during the pandemic, that the majority of our advisor respondents reported an increase in both clients and AUM. And I realized that when we spoke in May of 2020, just a year ago, that Vestia's AUM was around 350 million and now it's about 550 million. So congratulations on that tremendous growth. Thank you. And I'm hope, hoping you can tell us about the drivers of that growth because clearly it can't all be just a rise in market value. So it must be a test to something that your firm is doing right. Yeah. So, I mean, the market hasn't hurt. <laughs> it's <laughs> been a good year for a lot of firms in that regard. But I'll say before I jump into Vestia, I have to give you all some congratulations because I saw, I think it was your 50th episode recently. So podcast yes. doing really well. Yeah, we're excited. <laughs> exciting. <laughs> so yeah, we have seen really, really pleasing growth over the last year. Some of that was an acquisition that we did. We actually brought on a partner out of um, Los Angeles, which added some AUM from his practice. Beyond that, and then the market growth. I think we've been given some great opportunities. As you mentioned earlier, we do primarily serve doctors. And I think through 2020 into 2021, they've needed a financial partner like never before. We use a values-based approach to planning. And there are so many doctors, just like the rest of us, who have been have spent this year being pretty introspective, <laughs> thinking about what really matters what they want to get out of their money so that they're living a meaningful life, not just a life of building financial wealth. And we've just seen a lot of growth from that. So we've added new clients, we've added new assets, and our team's worked incredibly hard to make it happen. So I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish. Well, Lauren, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to have you back in the podcast. And I remember our first podcast, it was actually one of my favorites to re-listen to because it actually gave some 
really cool, actionable ideas. And I just thought what you were trying to do, especially me being married into a doctor's family, was really cool. So really happy to have you back on. Thank you. You're so kind. Well, we're going to talk about something different today, but it's something that's on most of our minds. Will I have to go back to the office full time in an eight to five schedule or is the future more flexible? Great question. I think we'll get into some details. I think it's ultimately going to depend on what firms decide to do. I think for us, and it's interesting because this has been kind of a pendulum, right? The pandemic started and everyone said, oh, work from home is the way of the future. (laughs) I never really thought that maybe because I'm working at home with two toddlers downstairs. (laughs) But, you know, I said this whole time, what people want is flexibility. What people want is the ability to do their jobs really well, to be trusted to do that and to have the ability to prioritize life, which is a key component of (laughs) what we all do in our day to day when that needs to be done, right? And even just little things, if you have that never-ending to-do list of house chores, right? Being able to throw in a load of laundry while you heat up your lunch (laughs) is not to be (laughs) underestimated during some seasons of life, right? So I think we've seen that, at least we have personally seen that the productivity, if anything, has been there more so than it was before, as people have been able to be more focused when they're working. But I think ultimately what people are looking for is flexibility. And so I think if our firm, if our industry can recognize that and figure out how to capitalize on that, we're going to have more satisfied employees, which means we'll have more satisfied and better served clients. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with you, Lauren, the three hours a day that I was on the train, it's definitely going to really working more. So the productivity has gone up for me personally, and I've Mm -hmm. seen it also with my team. But in the FlexShares Advisor Wellness Research Study, we found that the work-life balance and flexibility are things that they value most about the profession. There Mm -hmm. are always what we believe to be strong selling points to use to recruit people more into the industry. And it sounds like Vestia is embracing that flexibility Tell us about Vestia Wealth Advisors, your history with them, and is Vestia primarily a remote firm? Yeah, probably good to give you a little bit of a landscape before we dive into what our firm is doing. So I'm one of five co-founding partners of Vestia. We launched in January 2018, coming out of a um, prior firm with a team of 10. So at that time, we had three small offices. I'm in Nashville. We had a team in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We had a team in Indianapolis. So we really had to figure out virtual engagement and working together from day one, because we've had this vision of being the most collaborative firm in the industry, both internally and externally. And you can't do that without staying in close touch with one another, regardless of your physical location. So when we launched, we had one employee who was fully remote. So we did have that precedent. She actually works on my direct service team. She's worked with me for nearly a decade now. And she and I have never worked in the same office. We think with the same brain, (laughs) we can read (laughs) each other's minds. We have never physically worked in the same location. So I've always been a believer that that works. Fast forward to today, we have over 20 employees. We've added that partner I mentioned in LA. He works primarily from his home office. And of those 20 employees, three of them are full-time remote to work from their homes in St. Louis. One works from her home in Charlotte. 
And we actually just made an offer within the past couple of days to who hopefully will be our fourth full-time remote employee who will be a client service administrator. So we're not, I wouldn't say we're primarily a remote firm, but we are definitely hybrid. Huh. Well, so for those of us who have been around for a while, definitely not me, but definitely Laura. No, just kidding, Laura. <laughs> the thought of an executive assistant being offsite, I mean, that would have been unthinkable in the past. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the role and how and why Vestia decided to make this not only a remote job, but one with flexible hours. And how exactly does that work? And have you filled that role yet? Not that I'm looking. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. No, we found someone fantastic. So it's not open anymore. But yeah, this was the job <laughs> post that Laura referenced in the introduction. So this individual works to support primarily myself in my executive role. As Laura mentioned, I wear a different hat. So I'm an executive. I'm also a producing advisor. So just help me out in the executive side. And then also our CEO. And then she does some project work for our president and our office manager. So when we were writing the job description, the few of us who would be working primarily with this individual had, we sat down and just had a conversation about what are the job requirements. And the question came up about, does she need to be local to one of our offices, he or she? What we realized is, again, because our firm is partially remote anyway, <laughs> we're not all in the same location physically, we realized even if we hired for one of our offices, with me being in Nashville and our CEO being in Indiana, that person was going to be remote for one of us by default. So we were going to have to figure that out anyway. And we also realized that looking for one person to support multiple very busy executives <laughs> was going to be a challenging role. So we said, you know what, we should probably look for the best fit for the job, the skill set that we actually need. And we're probably more likely to find that if we don't limit ourselves to a geographic location. So we were just open. We weren't necessarily set on this was going to be remote. We were open to it though. And then in terms of the hours, it's always stuck out to me. So one of my most reliable team members is actually, she's not an employee. She's our contracted graphic designer. And she's a mom who works while her young kids are either napping or in bed. <laughs> but she, I cannot think of a time that she has dropped a ball on me. She's super organized. She's a complete dream to work with. And as long as she's getting her job done with excellence, I don't care if the emails from her come at 11 p.m. versus 11 a.m., right? She does what works for her so that she can be the mom she wants to be, and she's an incredible partner of ours. So making that point, we said, you know what? We do need this hire to have some availability during business hours because let's face it, there are some tasks that can only be completed during business hours. But for tasky type stuff, we didn't care if that was done at night after kids were in bed, if that was done when kids were in school, like we didn't care when that was actually completed. So again, we were just very open to, hey, this could be a great job for someone who's looking to balance the life side with the work side and wants a flexible schedule. If they can do it with excellence, great. We would love to have that. So we have filled that role. That's our remote hire in Charlotte. She's super driven, detail-oriented. She actually came in with experience in administration for four different attorneys at the same time. So she was hands down the best fit for the job that we were looking for that we interviewed. And she has a toddler and she's managing that schedule and her schedule with us. And so far it's going incredibly well. I'm glad we were able to give her that opportunity. 
So, yeah, Lauren, I just, I, I still am, am dumbfounded that, that you put that in the job description and, and I, dumbfounded in a positive way, of course, you know. Hey, you moms can out. get things done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have had a flexible schedule. My oldest is 21. And when he was born, I negotiated a flexible schedule in those early days. You know, the, the mandate was make sure the baby's not in the house when you're working from home. So take, you know, take him somewhere in the morning and then when he naps, he can be at home. So you could, you know, that of course evolved and, mm -hmm. you know, and it has been very fulfilling and I do, you know, and COVID has, has proven it, I think to a lot of people, but, you know, I was always, a, even with small children, I was always able to get more done working from home because I like David had that three hour round trip yeah. commute and I've never had that know, long of a commute. I can't imagine. <laughs> you appreciate it and you want to make sure nobody ever doubts that you're on top of things. And so, you know, in many cases that does mean, you know, being on late at night or early in the morning before the, the kids wake up, but just mm -hmm. kudos to Vestia for just putting it out there. I, I think that that shows the industry that you are, you know, a forward looking firm, you're family oriented and, and, that's so important. And, you know, I, I'm also curious, you, you've talked about this executive assistant, but are, you know, are you hiring, are you hiring remotely for client facing roles within the firm planners or investment managers at Vestia? And if so, how does that work? And have you heard any positive or negative comments from clients about that hybrid approach, which I guess, you know, based on what you just said, has been around for some time. Yeah. So I think this is a particularly fascinating question at this point in time, given that it's now been over a year since I've seen a number of my local clients in person. <laughs> Again, working with a lot of physicians, there's a lot of, uh, and, and a lot of my physicians in Nashville work in the ICU. So there's been a lot of just additional caution. I think we're so ingrained that, or it's so ingrained in us that clients expect a certain type of relationship or a certain type of engagement. And I really love that this, I keep calling it the grand experiment of COVID has pushed the boundaries a little bit, because I do really think that this could change our industry, both internally, like both for our firms and for our clients. So as I mentioned, we had some remote team members prior or pre-COVID, Two of those were actually client-facing advisors. So we work with doctors all over the country and actually see it as a strength that we can work with doctors anywhere because they move quite a bit <laughs> before they get situated in their careers. So doctors will do their training in one location. They may be in Nashville and do their training at Vanderbilt. And then they may be moving to Seattle to go into practice. Well, if they've engaged with us and we've built that trust here in Nashville, they don't necessarily want to go reestablish a relationship with someone new in Seattle, right? Nor do we maybe have that option to stay in our firm and make it easy for them at the time. So we've just said, hey, no matter where you go, we can stay your advisor. And so that led to pre-COVID, um, about 50% of my personal clients that I served were virtual and 50% of them were here locally. So we already had all the systems set up for Zoom engagements, for DocuSign, all of that. One of our remote advisors, this is Jackie, she's the one I mentioned who's on my team. She has said for years that she thinks she has stronger relationships with her clients because she's virtual. And I, you know, I'm like, tell hmm. me more. <laughs> she says, <laughs> people are always in their homes. 
or very often, right, are in their homes when they meet with me. And so she's like, I meet their pets. I meet their kids. <laughs> I see them in a more comfortable environment. They're quicker to open up to me because they're just more relaxed than they would be if they were coming in for a meeting with me in an office somewhere. And I think that's a really great point because it's something we don't think about, right? We think about clients expecting this office environment and that may or may not be true. I've also joked, but I think it's actually, I think it's true. <laughs> I have clients who've always booked evening appointments pre COVID. They always booked evening appointments to come to my office because they couldn't both get in the same location in the middle of the day from two different hospitals or whatever to actually meet with me during business hours. They've been able to take time, be in the same virtual location in the middle of a workday. They've not had to miss time with their families. When we've been doing virtual over the past year, I suspect that I will have some local clients that I don't go back to in-person meetings with. So I think that clients are actually very open to it. I think that there are some opportunities on our side to deepen relationships by having, at least being open to virtual engagement. So I'm actually really excited about continuing to gather data, if you will, about how virtual can enhance the service offerings in the future. You know, that's so interesting. And something popped into my head for the first time as you were talking, Lauren, about the, you know, you get to see people in their homes, meet their pets and so on. And then I thought of, as a client, when you go into somebody's office, you're sitting behind their desk and it almost, you know, it could feel that the meeting's on their terms. Yeah. And when, when you're conducting it from home, it's really on your terms and there's a, a little bit more of an equality, right? Yeah. No, I think it's a great point. I do think, you know, I had a conversation with, with somebody else who's going to be on the podcast in a few weeks about the same topic the other day and that, you know, we think that this hybrid approach, you know, the breakdown of geography, which you talked about, will really enable people to, to find and stay with the right advisor for them yeah. and not be bounded by that geography. Like I've got to find an advisor has all these things and lives in Nashville. Yeah. Or Ann works in Nashville. So I, I really too am excited about uh, what the future looks like. And so what about remote roles? Do you, do you think they're going to be more commonplace in our industry forward? Or do you think that many firms uh, will be excited to revert back to having everybody in the office? And what are the benefits and the drawbacks, in your opinion, of each of those models? And, and I guess, you know, as we think about hybrid or a remote approach to positions, can it help alleviate some of the stress that many many advisors are feeling in their day-to-day -day work life. Yeah, I really, I, I hope that firms start to take more of a, at least openness to hybrid or remote. Because when I think about, and I'm a huge proponent of getting more diversity of all aspects into our industry. I've kind of focused on women because that is what I can relate with. But diversity of, of all types. And I think the best way to source the most amazing diverse talent from across the country is to break down those geographic barriers, right? And so I get really excited about how being open to remote work could really propel our industry forward and give opportunity to people that we may not have been able to give opportunity to in the future or in the past, sorry. So I think about some of our earlier hires at Vestia, even just looking at our open positions in Fort Wayne, for example, which is like 250,000 people in the area, 
right to Nashville, which is millions <laughs> and the difference in the number of qualified applicants that we would get for the same position, just based on the market, right. And the difference in diverse applicants that we would get, if you break down the, if geography is not an issue anymore, then you can level up your team truly with every single new hire that you bring into your firm. And you don't have to compromise culture or skill set or whatever in order to do it. That said, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think fully remote work is necessarily the way of the future. I think having the ability to have remote employees and make them feel like part of the team is going to be key. But I think ultimately people are looking for that flexibility in whatever arrangement works best for them. Employees want to be connected. <laughs> they want to be able to collaborate. But there are ways to do that without requiring that everyone come to the office. So we traditionally have, we have Monday team meetings. Those are usually like 20 minutes, but we see everyone on a Monday. It's like a powwow, right? And we can get on the same page, just about any updates that need to go out firm-wide for the week, anything that people need to have on the radar, any best practices that have been discovered, just giving that opportunity. So everyone kind of has quote FaceTime <laughs> with the rest of the team. And then every service team has a 90 minute meeting each week. So even, you know, my team, I mentioned, I have a remote employee, we're seeing her multiple times a week on the computer screen. She's filling that engagement. We use not Slack, but a version of that, right? So we stay in great communication throughout the day. And then I just think, you know, it's that openness to, if I have an employee who needs to start work at nine instead of eight, so they can manage kids drop off, great. <laughs> If they need to work from home on Friday so that they can spend their commute time with friends and family on Friday evening, great. I just really hope that firms think about, you know, think about offering that and think about allowing employees to really be their best and bring their best to work. And then you asked that question, kind of your last, the last portion of the question was about that alleviating stress. So I mentioned I have two toddlers. I'm expecting a third here in a month. <laughs> um, and my husband works. And so we're two working parents, small children. I've said so many times, everything works until it doesn't, right? When the nanny texts and she has, she needs a sick day, or we had an ice storm in Nashville a couple of months ago, and she couldn't get to our house for a few days, having that ability to be flexible and do what I needed to be able to do for my family and know that I could get my work done on my terms alleviated so much stress in those moments where you get those text messages or wake up to that ice, it wasn't the disaster to the level that it would have been had I had to be at the office at a certain time on those days. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, over the years that I had small children, you know, there are things like that that pop up. And, you know, if I normally worked in the office on Tuesday, but needed to work from home on a Tuesday, it wasn't an issue and, and stuff didn't get missed. You know, David, I, I, I would love to pull you into this discussion because you manage a remote worker from who, you know, sits in London and she was a new hire in the pandemic. And, you know, can you share a little bit about what you did in terms of onboarding and, and trying to bring her in the culture? Because I know you were very committed to it and very methodical about, you know, making this a success. Yeah, it's hard enough to join a team, especially a team like ours, Laura, where we have known each other for quite some time, many of us. And I, I really wanted to make sure that Anne, who joined in our London office, 
felt like she was part of the team. And, and so I remember thinking back after she had accepted the offer, all of you on the team kind of spontaneously wrote her an email to her personal e email uh, address and said, hey, congrats, looking forward to working with you. I know that um, on other ways, really during this whole time, I have scheduled a morning meeting every morning for 30 minutes. And I've told her, if you ever don't want to have this meeting, it's fine. I just know she's working from home two hours away from our London office by, by train and she could get lonely. And so I was like, you know, you need to talk to at least somebody. And so setting her up for that success by getting her deep into connecting with us as a group was also something I had, uh, you all did a great job of reaching out to her and getting to know her. And we were actually just talking about this topic this morning because I am in the midst of writing an article about this. And she said, you know, it was more that the team embraced me and I feel more onboarded than a lot of firms that I worked for pre-pandemic where it, being in the office doesn't mean that the person is present with you in the office. And so that was That's really, huge. that was kind of cool. So I, I actually told her, <laughs> thank you. And do you have anything that we did that you didn't like? And so, of course, she didn't say anything. And I can't imagine having been asked that by a boss at some time, <laughs> if I would have either. But she was, she uh, really feels connected to everyone on the team. And that, that's, that's great. So yeah, and we have, you know, twice a week as a team, we meet on a, a mm -hmm. Zoom type call. And that that connectivity has been really good. And, you know, we wouldn't normally meet that way if we were all in the office. I know we, you know, we met once weekly. And so I do think the, the virtual nature has helped us uh, connect more closely to her. That presence yeah, is such a good point. I feel like that's mm -hmm. something that I want to take as we go back to the office. I want to have that in my mind, right? That just because you're physically present doesn't mean that others are experiencing your presence. Exactly. And, and that's that what intentionality she's is huge. Mm -hmm. Cause like she, she said, you're you, if I was in the office and we were all in the office, you could be flying from meeting to meeting. Mm -hmm. And that just, you know, that doesn't mean you're there. Yeah. I so, love that. Yeah. So question, Lauren, you, have you been to your Fort Wayne office? Yes. Okay. So that's why I figured, have you been to Rise and Roll Bakery? Because that's something Nashville doesn't have. I have not. And, okay. Well, they have the best apple fritters. So they don't sponsor the show. I'm a big fan but of I'm, an apple fritter. So I'm going to uh, write that down. <laughs> yeah. So we're Rise leaving our guest with an actionable takeaway. I love it. Right <laughs> up my alley. As our time comes to a close today. And I was just thinking, how do we keep this kind of flexibility. And I've said this to some of my friends, what's really going to become important for companies that want to keep flexibility is they're going to need to promote and be willing to promote people who just work remotely or work hybrid. Mm -hmm. If the only people getting promoted are those who are in the office, then eventually we'll go right back to where we were. So true. As our time comes to close today, we like to ask our guests, as you know, Lauren, to leave our listeners with some actual takeaways, I'm hoping you can share with us one lesson learned about recruiting and hiring remote team members 
and also one lesson of the best upside surprises you've experienced while moving in this more flexible direction. Yeah, so I think I thought about this quite a bit and I think my biggest takeaway, because it's very easy to say, and I love the points you added about the intentionality, David, because I think that's a huge takeaway as well. But I think one of the biggest takeaways for me, it's easy to say, oh, let's be flexible. Oh, let's hire remotes. But culture is key. (laughs) If you're trying to grow, if you're trying to grow a firm, maintaining that culture, maintaining that intentionality, maintaining those internal relationships is key. So I think if you don't have defined values that you're using to inform your personnel decisions, right? Hiring, promotion, you mentioned, David, right? Like, make sure that that everyone has equal access, whether they're remote, whether they're hybrid, whether they're in person. And I really believe that all of that is driven from values. That's how we do things. So I think you have to take a step back and define that first. What really matters, what really makes a key player on your team, and it's not going to be where they work from. The hardest part, I think, to monitor and influence virtually is that culture So you have to make sure that you're bringing the right people into your organization, that you're rewarding the right people from a culture perspective. And that starts with knowing what you're looking for, how to screen for that, and then how to track and reward that. So I think that's my biggest takeaway from integrating that flexibility, integrating those remote roles perspective. As far, oh, sorry. No, that's okay. No, that's great. That's great stuff. As far as the biggest surprise, I'll share a story. So I remember very beginning of the pandemic, I was talking to another advisor friend of mine who works at a different firm. And she was like, you know, I never gave working from home a try, but she said, I'm loving it. Like I have the ability to get in a workout in the middle of the day. She's she's a mom. She's got four kids. She said, I think something about like just being a mom had me hesitant to expose myself. And Laura, you mentioned this earlier too, right? Being told Mm -hmm. to make sure the baby was not with you while you were working from home. So I'll share a story. I mean, this is honestly biggest surprise. I'm recalling a disaster of a morning. I don't even remember when this was a few months ago. Nanny texted she was running late. I assumed she meant like 15 minutes. She actually meant like really, really late. (laughs) My husband was busy. So, and I had an early morning meeting. I was seeing a demo of a potential investment education platform. So I had to bring my two toddlers into the home office with me. Of course, I'm watching them in my peripheral vision go crazy. One of them climbs into my lap, then the other one's in my lap. I'm feeling like a complete failure in that moment. So I'm feeling like I'm a total spaz as the executive that I'm supposed to be in this meeting. (laughs) Also feeling like a very subpar mom as the kids are going crazy. And they're, you know, they're great girls, but they're, they're toddlers. And the girl doing the demo looked at me with the biggest smile on her face and said, I just love this part of our remote world. I love when these little faces join us. Like she, she broke down that barrier. She's a mom too, right? She gave me that moment of connection and that like, I feel you. (laughs) And that's all it took for me to realize that I wasn't the failure I felt like. (laughs) Rather, I was juggling, which sometimes is, is inevitable. Whether you have kids, whether it's pets, whether it's appointments, whether it's, you know, a sick parent, we all have different versions. You don't have to be a mom to experience this. Right. But there's so much that has to happen in the day to day that's not related to work. And I think we've seen such a human element of the people that we work with, whether they're in our own firms or whether they're elsewhere in the industry. This was someone I didn't know well. Right. And she was throwing me that lifeline to say, hey, I feel you. You're doing great. 
And I think that's been the most pleasant surprise to me is I feel like I actually know a lot of my team members and, you know, quote, my industry friends better now than I did a year ago, even though I haven't seen a lot of them in person. And it's because I've seen more of what their life looks like outside the office, right? I've mm-hmm. seen, we've seen what's behind that when you zoom out from the screen, right? Yeah. Because it's been unavoidable. And I think that's connecting as people strengthens our ability to work together. And I've really enjoyed that. I uh, love that story. <laughs> I'm yeah, glad. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> really cool. So I hope you gave that person a, some sort of award for the ego boost that they gave, because that is not people. Most people don't do that. Most people are, very true. they hold to themselves. And that was really cool of that, that individual to provide that boost to you. Yeah. Well, Lauren, congrats on the upcoming birth. First of all, I hope everything goes well. Thank you. And thank you so much for the talk today. I never thought personally, I would see this type of flexibility in our industry. And you've provided a lot for us to think about. And of course, it is always a delight to have you on the podcast. So thank you. Thank you for having me. This is always fun. (laughs) If you are an advisor and would like to know more about Vestia, just visit VestiaAdvisors.com. That's V-E-S-T-I-A Advisors.com. If you like this podcast, you may also like the other FlexShares podcast called Funds in Focus. Check it out today and you will find it wherever you get your podcasts. For myself and Laura Gregg, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on today's episode of The Flexible Advisor. Thank you for listening to The Flexible Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.